0: Welcome to More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self worth is defined by more than your job title. I'm Rabia, an IT project manager, comedian, nonprofit volunteer, and sometimes activist. Every week, I'll chat with a guest about pursuing passions outside of work or creating meaningful opportunities inside the workplace. As you listen, I hope you'll be inspired to do the same. Here we go. Hello, everyone. So I have to preface this week and probably next week, too, with the fact that I had a cold while recording the episode. I didn't want to let go of the chance to talk to my guest, but I also knew that my voice was suffering. So I'm glad to tell you that I'm a lot better now. And if you get a cold this year, what I can say is that it's probably going to feel worse than it did two years ago when you got a cold. Because it's just been so long. I wasn't mentally prepared for it, to be honest with you. I was kind of thinking, well, I know I'll get sick eventually. I mean, it'll happen again. But it just was really kind of a weird thing because I was scared at first I had COVID and then I realized I didn't. And then I didn't know if it was a flu, but it took about a week to get over. So if anyone's sick right now, I hope you get better soon. And if anyone uh, is coming out of getting a cold, I wonder if you felt the same way as me I just was over it (laughs) and then it took about a week though to fully be over it so I apologize for my voice in this episode and as far as this one goes I'm talking to Jen Edwards her job is interesting to me she's an energy healer I know people who do Reiki I know people who do acupuncture I know people do all kinds of things some people believe it works some don't regardless I think it's really cool that people are trying to help people and I think what I want people to get out of this episode is really just the spirit with which Jen comes at things. I mean, she's so enthusiastic. She's so pleased to be doing what she's doing and grateful for it. And her job now is helping people. And she actually draws the parallel herself that her previous job was helping people. I think it's cool that she found this theme in her life of service to others that she's been basically able to share in different ways. It's manifested itself in different ways, first in her corporate job and then now as a healer. And I think it just shows that you can be doing the same value or showing the same value but in a different way. And she's also another one who's just saying it doesn't matter what age you are, you can find what you love. So that's what I hope people listen for and get out of it. If you get something else out of it, I want to know that too. And thanks a lot for being here this week and listening. Hey, welcome back everyone. This week I'm talking to Jen Edwards, intuitive energy healer. How are you doing, Jen?
1: Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So where am I talking to you from?
1: I'm based in Leeds in the UK. And I think you're in London, are you?
0: I'm in London. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not too far from each other. No. Yeah. So did you grow up up in Leeds?
1: No, I am a Zimbabwean. I was born in Zimbabwe. And then we moved to South Africa later in my life, and now we moved to Leeds about four years ago.
0: Oh, wow. So was that a big change?
1: Huge change. But I love it here. I think it's amazing. I, I, I'm i so happy here.
0: Yeah. But wow, growing up down in South Africa. Okay. And so you're an intuitive energy healer, so I'm sure when people hear that they have all different ideas of what that is, but what is that like for mm-hmm. you to explain what you do, basically?
1: Okay. So what I do is I if you like I build an energetic bridge between us. So I work with energy and I channel energy in order to heal you. And I, I access you, your yourself, your higher self, I access your subconscious self, whatever part of you it is that, that we want to sort of reference. And I do that by building an energetic bridge and then I ask your I ask your higher self closed questions which elicit a yes no answer. Because I'm connected to you I'm connected to your energy. I get the answers in my body and what's called clairsentient. So that's a, a thing of knowing. I know, I know, I know, I know in my body. So I ask questions of your body and then I get answers in my body. And then when I find the answer and it's usually an, um, it's because I'm looking for things that are um, holding you back, I release the the negative things that I find. And they usually very often their feelings, their feelings that you're unable to process when you experience them. You know how we push things away and we shut things down mm-hmm. and we don't deal with stuff? And that's exactly what I find and release. I don't know what the event was that caused you to have that feeling, but I release the feeling that you've been holding for the time that you've been holding it.
0: And so when you... The person has to be open to you doing that. You can't just connect with them without them...
1: No, 100 percent. There's there's a, um, an, ethics, an ethics and morals involved.
0: Mm-hmm. I can
1: only work with someone who gives me permission. And that means then basically that you have contracted with God or with Source or with the universe, and I am merely your facilitator. I'm just the person who has come to you as a doorway, if you like, into healing. And then I'm allowed to work with children under the age of 18, as long as their guardian or parent gives permission that's the only real instance where I can work with someone without them knowing I work with lots of children without them knowing because if children think there's something wrong with them you know like when my kids were small um, we used to go to occupational therapy and stuff and my kids sort of said oh there's something wrong with me kids don't have to know that now because Mm -hmm. I can just access the energy and I can release whatever's bothering them so it's a really nice way of helping children because they don't need to, to to feel there's something wrong with me
0: so what's the outcome that someone has like, typically if they come to you and then you've done this successfully? It
1: depends what they've come to me for. So there's many things that people come to me for. A lot of people come to me for things like anxiety and childhood trauma. People also come to me for things like sore knees and um, trichotillomania, for example, which is I've worked very successfully with, and that is the compulsive pulling out of hair. Mm. from the eyebrows or the eyelashes or the head. Typically, it can be other parts of the body as well. But but what people do, it's, it's a coping mechanism. It's a stress coping mechanism. It's, it's a type of OCD behavior. And a, a good result for me is when they stop doing that. Mm-hmm. They don't pull the hair out anymore because we've released from them the things that were causing the behavior. We've released the root causes, if you like, that were sitting at the bottom And making them behave that way Causing them to behave that way Yeah
0: So is it something where For example like if you go to Any kind of psychotherapy you usually go Multiple times because It takes a while A lot of it's because you're having to articulate what's going on But for your type of healing Is that the case as well Like people have to go multiple times Or can you just knock it all out so to speak
1: Thank you for that question I love that question a lot of people think healing, um, energy healing is a magic bullet, and it's it's the silver bullet that kills a werewolf, and it's not. No, it, no. it is a process, just like you would go to a coach for, you wouldn't just go to a coach for one session. As you say, you wouldn't go to a therapist for one session. You wouldn't t- decide to learn to be a cordon bleu cook and do it for one session. So with me, very often people have a, a wonderful response after the first session, and they, they report back feeling a lot better feeling a lot happier feeling lighter the pain's gone whatever it is but it is a process it is absolutely a process
0: yeah well especially if maybe i don't know i don't know much about it so if you haven't really determined the cause because you can't because you're not speaking to them about what caused that emotion then they could it could recur i suppose like in some other way maybe something happens that brings back that feeling for them for example right
1: yes 100 percent. the way the analogy i I do is that it's like cleaning a room and we clean all the dust bunnies out of the room but if someone walks into your room in big muddy boots and triggers that again you 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 can re-experience how you felt you know from the first time but what we find is that it's not triggered to the extent that it was originally so let's say let's say i'm working with someone who's been abused um, in childhood and what what we'll find is that they after a number of sessions it might be three sessions might be more they report a feeling of detachment And what happens is that they are able to revisit the memory and almost be sitting on the windowsill and looking into the room and not actually experiencing the the depth of feelings that they felt or the horror and the overwhelm and the fear. But then if they meet the person who abused them, it can definitely bring it back up for them. But it doesn't bring it up to the same level. So what I do is we test, we do a severity level thing where when you have your first session with me, we talk about it and we say, what is your severity level out of 10? How bad is this for you? And we set it on a conscious rating and then we also ask the higher self, what is the rating? And it's a benchmark. It's a way of working down. So if you come to me at a 10 and we work it down to, say, a 2 or 3, which is what we want to do, we want to bring it right down as far as possible, and then you meet the perpetrator, you might trigger up to a Mm 6. But then you'll have a session and you'll come back down again. Very often you you might come back down to a 2 or 3 again. It's like the room can't get as dirty as it was because we've released a lot of the dirt. So the muddy boots are um, a quicker fix, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. That's cool. And how did you get into doing this? Like, how did you realize you were, you said, Claire se- sentient, yes. right? Versus like clairvoyant, which is what I think a, a term a lot of people know yes. more, at least I do. So.
1: Well, I think my story as a healer is that I got healed. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, I had lots of issues in my life and I didn't deal with them. I never felt it was necessary to deal with them until I got to my 50s and I realized it was not necessary but imperative for me to deal with my stuff and I could have gone down several routes I could have gone to counseling I could have gone to therapy there's many different ways all roads lead to Rome is what I believe Mm -hmm. and I think that my road is just one of them but I just happened to meet healers I was working with a, a financial advisor and he said something to me, and he triggered me. Something He said something, and it just triggered me, and I felt I got quite emotional, quite teary. And he said, you know what, Jen? I go to the most amazing energy healer. Her name is so-and-so, and I think you should try her. And and that's how I started um, my healing journey, and I, I started working with healers, and I worked with a particular healer who astounded me. She just absolutely astonished me with what she did for me. Mm-hmm. And the results were so remarkable. My brother, who lives in Australia, came to the UK three years ago, and we hadn't seen each other for about five years, and he said, Jen, I can't believe how much you've changed. And it was internal for me, but it was also external. Obviously, people were noticing it. And because it was such a gift to me, Mm -hmm. I wanted to do the same for others, and it resonated with me so profoundly that I really wanted to do the same for other people, and that's why.
0: Yeah, that's great. And. But I assume not everybody can do it. Like, not everyone maybe has the capacity to intake and interpret others' emotions. I mean, I know, like... So, I'm considered an empath, right? Yes. And that's been difficult in the past because I didn't sometimes differentiate between my own emotions and others, and I have a therapist who helped me with that uh-huh. a bit, and that's why I have an understanding of that for for myself and how it manifests for me, which I don't talk about that stuff on this podcast very much, but I don't mind... That people know these kind of things but i know not everyone's an empath and so is the same for like an energy healer as far as you had to have some sort of gift or ability in order to do it
1: yes i think so so for me i'm also a bit of an empath and what 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 happens with me is that when i connect with you very often if i if i haven't worked with you before I don't know why. It's always the first couple of sessions that are kind of the roughest. And I might be working with you and something will come up. And because I'm connected to you, it makes me very emotional. And then I need to block myself off. I need to build a shield around my my solar plexus chakra to prevent you coming in so strongly. And as an empath, this is something I could show you if you wanted to be less picking up other people's stuff. I could show you how to maybe build a slide shield around yourself to mm-hmm. help protect you
0: yeah yeah i mean because it's tricky but then do you think anyone could actually be a healer though or do you think there's some something that maybe you have an intuition and a gift that maybe someone else doesn't how does that part work
1: i think so i'll i'll, I'll tell you the modality i use i use something called the emotion code and something called the body code and these were downloaded by um He's now a retired chiropractor called Dr Bradley Nelson in America, and I read his book and anyone can read his book you can get it on you can get it on amazon and I believe that anyone can do it i I, I don't know if anyone can do it okay that's very broad. I think that if you're called to it, if it resonates mm-hmm. with you, and if you believe in trapped emotions, living in your tissues and your organs, acting as toxins which then affect your tissues and organs, affect your anxiety levels, your stress levels and all that, then, then I do believe that if you read this book and you started practicing, it's simply a way of using muscle testing, kinesiology, if you like, to identify what the things are that need to be released and then releasing them. So yes, I think many people can do it. I do think many people can do it. I think that if you really get very deeply into it and very very involved in it and it becomes your purpose, if you like, then I think you go further. I think there is a gift. And I think that perhaps by becoming a healer full-time, I'm exploiting that gift and I'm growing mm-hmm. that gift because what happens for me is that other things happen. As I grow and become... As my river grows clearer and clearer, as my flood becomes stronger and stronger, there's more and more other things that happen in terms of healing and in terms of the things I can do and the things, the ways I can help people. Mm-hmm. So, yes, to answer your question briefly, yes, I think a lot of people can do it.
0: Right. And so, what were you doing before this?
1: I, I guess I've always been in service in a way. I've always been a person who helped other people. I was an adult learning facilitator and i worked for a lot of corporates training adults and writing material for adults learning material and i also was a coach and yeah. so for me it was it was a sideways step becoming a healer because i always adored empowering people i loved seeing people grow in mm. you know when i was training them and seeing them blossom and and find all these new things they could do and and so I think it was such a, a a logical step for me to move from a sort of training, coaching role into a healing role.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can see, I mean, people can't see, but I can see that there's joy emanating from you when you're talking about coaching and stuff. And so what has changing paths, though, done for you? How do, I mean, you said that opportunities have come, but just in general, I mean, you kind of had meaningful work in the first place that you seem to have enjoyed, and now you're doing this. What What has that transition been for you, and kind of how have you looked at other people when they really hated their jobs, and maybe you've always had a job you didn't?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I was really lucky, Rabia. I I always loved what I did. I think I was very blessed and very fortunate, and I think that what changed for me was I am now 63, Mm -hmm. and I found this in my 50s, this healing path. Yeah. And because, you know, as one does, or or as I did, I started to dabble with it, if you like, and play with it and experiment with it and say, could I do this? And the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it and the more I wanted to, to help people. And so I did. I was working my daytime job and I was also working, doing this on the side and, you know. And I think the thing that changed for me was, I I think I got to a place in my life where, you know, when you facilitate learning, you stand in front of groups of people and you facilitate a classroom of 30 people. And typically a workshop will last one to four days, Mm -hmm. or it did in my environment. And then it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. It drains you. I found it very draining. As I got older and older, I found it more and more demanding Mm -hmm. and challenging And there was a place in my life where I was looking at this and saying, "Can I do this until I'm 65?" And so, when the healing kind of came for me, I think it was just—I think I really have found my life purpose now. I believe completely that I was put on Earth to help people. I have absolutely Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. And I, but this is a deeper—he—it's a deeper helping. It's for me at the moment. It feels like it's a deeper, more meaningful helping than the helping I was doing before because this is so profound in terms of the changes you can help someone experience mm-hmm. that it it was sort of more. It was more for me than, than the training. It was deeper and more far-reaching, and, yeah, it was just more.
0: Yeah. That makes sense, and just especially when you see the impact on people and how, like you said, they're empowered. I mean, they're moving on from pain or moving on from health issues or moving on from emotional issues or whatever it is. You've been doing this for a while now. And actually, one thing that resonated with me that you just said is about your age, right? I know just when we have exchanged some communications, you talked about you could do this till you're 80. And I talked to a couple people lately at work who are older, just in different capacities. And one of them, a woman said that she was concerned that at 50, she'll be kind of aged out because we're in tech, right? And I just, I know that feeling as you get older, and even I feel, I'm 42, and I even feel in some ways profoundly different and older than some of the people at work because I started working 10, 15 years sooner, and my ethic around that is different because I I wasn't taught that it was okay to ask for help and do things, you just didn't back then. Now it's different, and I think it's better. So I just wonder, do you feel more empowered having found something you could do later and that you won't age out of i guess
1: Hmm. i feel completely empowered i feel empowered on so many levels because essentially i'm running a business from a little room i'm speaking to you from a little tiny room which is my office (laughs) in leeds and i work with people all around the world i work with them on zoom or i work with them on email it doesn't matter which um completely remotely or, you know, face-to-face like we're doing now, or some people come and sit in this chair opposite me and, you know, now we're doing the back back to the the person-to-person thing. Some people mm-hmm. do prefer that. But in, in terms of empowerment, I'm not physically exhausted, you know, because I'm doing it from home. I'm not traveling. I haven't got the commuting and all that stuff. In terms of aging, I mean, I can do this and, and I, I probably will do this until I'm 80 just because it's it's I honestly think it's my life purpose I feel like how do you put the how do you put it down how do you say okay well I've had enough of healing people now I can stop <laughs> healing people how, how do you do that yeah I, I don't think I can do that I think that while there's still people who need help and who need to be healed I'm going to want to help them so I honestly see this as something that I will do probably uh, for the rest of my life yeah. uh, in some capacity I might tune it back a bit, you know I might not do as much because I might just find that it's too draining, it's too demanding, it's too challenging. But the thing is as well is that I'm learning and growing and developing mm. and becoming stronger and doing more stuff that blows me away and that blows you know it just just is so incredibly empowering and exciting. And yes, I think I'll just I'll just do this <laughs> probably going. till I drop dead.
0: <laughs> yeah and and did you feel any apprehension in shifting into a new career? I mean, did you worry you had built all this equity up in this one career and reputation and time and did you did you worry about switching or how was that process for you? Because I think a lot of people do get worried, even if they feel like it's their purpose. It's like should I in a way, throw it all away and start over, you know,
1: yes yes and no because what happened for us was we we decided to relocate to leeds in 20 we got here in 2017 and i so already it was a big shift for for me because i i had my own business had my own consultancy and which when i came to leeds obviously i didn't have the network i got a job when i got to leeds and so so already that was a big shift in terms of sort of what I'd been doing in a way and I didn't have a reputation here uh, you know because I was the new kid on the block Uh so what I what what I did then once I recovered from the shock of relocating and getting up and commuting at six o'clock in the morning and all that stuff I then started looking for clients and sort of working in the evenings or working on weekends and then I transitioned um, into, I worked in retail. I left my corporate job and I got a job in a retail so that I, and I worked part time so that I had more time to, you know, I worked eight hours or whatever a week, i can not remember what the hours were. And then I had the other hours where I could work getting clients and, and building my business. So I did a kind of a, a, a staged a, approach, if you like, into the full time thing. It was scary, yes. I remember when I left my corporate job, I thought, what am I doing you know I'm so secure I've got money I've got this I've got that what am I doing crazy (laughs) lady and my husband said to me hey babe he said you know if this doesn't work what are we gonna do and I said I promised him I said okay if I don't make this work in six months I'll get a proper job yeah and and I did make it work yeah and so I was really really lucky I was really lucky
0: yeah and that checks with what other people have said I mean they just Mm -hmm. they communicate with their partner or if they're alone then they don't have to do that part but you know make a plan and kind of have have a plan like if it doesn't work but it's gonna work so i'm gonna keep going so that's awesome one thing that you do and i think this is interesting because i don't have pets first of all but i have a lot of friends with pets and they do get freaked out by fireworks and it's really awful and so you actually do healing for pets right can you talk a little bit about how that works
1: yeah okay so what happened to us was we arrived in this country in august and then in october we had bonfire night and you know about it because you are living in the uk that england just loves fireworks right and my dog, my dog had a nervous breakdown. So if I, I can't remember what the dates were, but, but Guy Fox, let's say, was on the Friday and the fireworks started going off the Monday before. So we had this entire week leading up to the big event where there uh-huh. were big events happening every night. And my dog got more and more nervous and put his tail between his legs and wouldn't go outside and would scurry around the house like, you know, like a chicken without a head because he didn't know where to be because he felt so unsafe. And I just looked at him one night, and I thought, maybe I can help him. So I did a session on him to release him from Farrah Fireworks. And, you know, Rabia, I got off the bus the next night and walked home through the wood. And it was about, I don't know, 5 o'clock. It was darkish because it was yeah. end of end of October. And my husband came with the dog to meet me, and I just had an absolute hissy fit about this. What are you doing? Why are you bringing the dog out? Because already all the fireworks were doing their thing. And he said, but look at him. And he was so chilled, this chilled little doggy, lifting his leg, trotting around, tail up, happy as Larry. And I thought, gee, that's astonishing. You know I mean, I know, <laughs> I know that this work is mind blowing, and I know I've seen some incredible results, and people give me feedback, and I, I was blown. Anyway, so I thought, okay, well, maybe I can help other dogs, and that's how this started. I started in 2018. I ran my first global healing um, session for any animal who is affected by fireworks. And I get about a 90% hit rate. I get I get feedback from people. I ask people for feedback because I want to know what's happening. Yeah. I get about, it seems like about nine out of 10 animals respond really positively. And there's one or two who, who just don't. And I guess that, you know, that's okay. Because I'd rather have, out of a group of 10 animals, I'd rather have eight or nine who are really super chilled. Then have all 10 who are completely wigged out. And so, yeah, I do that every year. I do it for free because I love animals. I adore animals. Um, I'm a Sagittarian, and animals are our thing. And my dog is like, you know, the apple of my eye. So that's why I do it.
0: So when's there's going to be one for 20? There's one
1: on the 20. uh, So I'm doing one on the 24th of October, which is Sunday, the 24th. Okay. And the registrations I would like the registrations in by the twenty second and all you need to do is email me and I will send you what I want from you, which is a photo of your dog, just or a cat or pet iguana or whatever, tell me, you know, what's the story and then I'll put them in my healing circle and send you a report. Cool. Telling you what I did.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Thanks. And and it's free, so that's really good for people. So is there anything you want me to cover that I haven't?
1: No, I do a healing circle. The the circle that I do for animals is a healing circle. I do a healing circle for humans. (laughs) (laughs) And today is my 41st one that I've run in 2021. I must have run about 150 or 200 of them. I run one every Thursday and I started in 2018. And people come to me with anything. I've, I've worked with all sorts of things. I've worked with asthma. I've worked with hip pain. I've worked with headaches. I've worked with flatulence. I've worked with all sorts <laughs> of things. Snacking in front of the TV. And, and people have amazing results. And it's, it's so cool. It's so empowering. Love and it. So
0: that people can sign up for that on your website too?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's completely anonymous. you know. It's not like you're in the group and you know that Fred is there and he's got erectile dysfunction and Fred knows that you know. It's not like that at all. It's just completely anonymous. I know what everyone wants help with
0: and yeah. I, just,
1: I just do the healing and then I send each person a report.
0: Cool. <laughs> well, do you uh, have any advice or mantra that you like to follow that you'd like to pass along to people?
1: You know, I think people often think that there's something wrong with them or that they they need fixing and i i just think that as an energy healer i think that we go in with love and with compassion and that we just do the best we can and we try to encourage people to believe that they're not actually broken that there's always hope i honestly i believe there's always always hope i believe that miracles happen i truly do i didn't used to believe in god and now i believe completely because of my experience
0: Yeah, and I think the whole idea that there's something wrong with someone versus there's just a thing that maybe that's affecting them, they might need to get past or or accept and work with one of the two. But at some point when you realize really that's not true mm. and everything can be handled, then it's a lot better. But
1: Yes. Yeah, I think so too.
0: So I do a series of questions called the fun five <laughs> and I do this with every guest and it's always interesting to me cause there's always a little bit more that comes out of it. So the first one, and I don't know if it'll apply to you. I don't know if you're a t-shirt wearer, but what's the oldest t-shirt you have and still wear?
1: Okay. So the oldest t-shirt I have, and I have three of them and they're all of, of equal venerable ages. And the reason I have these is I bought these, um, in, the, I, I was We were living in Johannesburg at the time. I bought them for winter. So they're thermal shirts, but they look like T-shirts. So it looks like very thin T-shirt material. I've got a green one with a crew neck, a, a roll neck thing. I've got a grey one with a roll neck and a grey one with a scoop neck. And I'm wearing one right now. because because, you know of the weather it's getting colder here i've had those for at least six years and you know what they are still fabulous they are such i think they were just such great quality and they're still going strong
0: yeah and so they're good yeah especially for the weather here it is getting colder here for sure yes awesome so one thing during the the earlier part of the pandemic that's a little bit different now because we can go places here and there um is that people would say it seems like Groundhog's Day, like the movie. So if it was really Groundhog's Day, what song would you have your alarm clock set to play every morning?
1: Okay, now, my, my answer to that would be, I would have, every morning, I would have Morning Has Broken by Cat Stevens, and he's now called Yusuf. And the reason for that is because I think it's such a, I think it's a song of new hope and new dawn and every day the, every day dawns and every day there's the world you know and uh-huh. it's this, the birds are singing and the light is shining and even if it's a gray day the the world the sun has still risen and I think that that's why I think it's a, a, a song that fills me with hope Regardless of of what, you know, Groundhog Day or not Groundhog Day, it's just a hopeful song. And I love that.
0: Yeah, no, that's nice. And I mean, you don't, I get all all different ones. And I've, I don't know if I'd pick the same song now that I did before. But it's nice to think at least you wake up with some kind of positive affirmation going. All right, important one. And I won't be able to predict this because I don't know what they drink in South Africa, actually. But coffee or tea or neither.
1: Okay, so I grew up in Zimbabwe and spent many, many years of my life there. And it's, it's, it used to be a British colony <laughs> a long time ago. It was part of the Commonwealth. Well, well who <laughs> so was it? It was tea. It was tea. But now, now that I'm living here and and I've discovered the, the beauty of the coffee shop and the, the latte and the cappuccino, it's, it's coffee. It's like one coffee. If I can get it from a coffee shop, it's one coffee a day. If I can't get it from a coffee shop, it's still like one coffee a day. And I've, I'm really right off tea. Now, a lot of people look at me and think I look like a tea drinker because she's, like, she's a holistic healer and she's an energy healer. She must drink all these fancy green teas and herbal teas. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't judge her by the cover.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. And can you think of, just something that makes you laugh so hard you can't stop or like the last time that happened
1: okay well the last time that happened it's a silly story i don't think you'll think it's funny at all but what happened was we we have a little we have a little dog you know we have a little dog and he's um, about the size of a cat and he is in, very energetic and what we often do at night is we roll balls for him in the house and he we play a ball with him in the house which i know we shouldn't do you know, brought the kids up to say, I never throw balls in the house. Well, what what are the parents doing now? (laughs) Okay. So we we throw balls for him. And one night we threw it and it landed behind the sofa. And he was looking for it and he couldn't find it. And I leant over the back of the sofa. I was sitting on the sofa, leant over the back and I saw the ball. And I said, hey, it's there, it's there, it's there. And he jumped up on the sofa (laughs) and he stood on his back legs with his front legs on the back of the sofa, and he looked over the edge of the sofa, and he saw this ball, and then he looked at me, and then he jumped down and ran around to get the ball. And it was just hysterical, because it was so like a person. You know, it was like, (laughs) he knew that that's what I was saying, the ball's there. And my husband and I had rolled around on the floor, and as I say, it probably doesn't sound very funny now, but it was very funny.
0: Well, no, animal, I mean, they do funny stuff. Like, I'll get videos of my sister's dog, and... He's doing whatever, running around with some other animal in his mouth, you know, like a stuffed toy, but it looks funny, you know, like a dog carrying a turtle or something. So I get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're really cute. I love love (laughs) animals. I know.
0: They are funny. And who inspires you right now?
1: Okay, so right now, that has to be Denise Duffield Thomas. (laughs) She is an Australian woman who is a multimillionaire who has manifested money like it's coming out of her ears. And I think she's an incredibly gifted entrepreneur. I think she's very, very inspirational, very aspirational. I love how down-to-earth she is. I love, you know, I just, I just really yeah. like her. I think she's a very great role model. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Do you know her or are you just Oh, heard no, about her?
1: no. I mean, I look at her from afar and I admire her. And I think, you know, I'd love to work with you one day. I just think she's a great
0: coach. Awesome. No, that's great. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about it, but if people want to find you, where should they go?
1: Oh, okay. Thanks. Well, then I have a website and the address is www.jenedwards.com. And that's Jen with a G because my name is Genevieve. And then I have an Instagram account, which is, I think it's called Heal. And I have a Facebook page. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Jen Edwards Intuitive Energy Healer. Yeah.
0: And then we'll, post also the dates for the healing s- circle for the pets
1: that's awesome thanks i'd love that it just means that maybe i'll get more animals and that'll be so yeah. cool yeah
0: thank that you. would be great thanks All right, well, yeah of course and jenna it was really nice to meet you and to or again i mean we met once on online already but just to get to chat with you and learn more about what you do thank you
1: thanks it was great chatting to you as well I, 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 yeah, I, I've been watching some of your interviews and I think uh, yeah, it, was nice. it was nice getting to know you thank you
0: thanks again for listening this week you can find out more about the guest in the show notes and at rabiasud.com. Joe Mafia created the music just for this podcast find him on Spotify that's Joe M-A-F-F-I-A and Rob Metke is responsible for our visual design. You can find him online by searching for Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Thanks, Rob. Let me know who you'd like to hear from or about your own experiences defining finding yourself outside of work. Follow at More Than Work Pod or send a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Or visit our website, morethanworkpod.com. Give us a follow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review if you like. Thanks for listening to More Than Work. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself.